Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and well, a very warm welcome back and happy new year to everyone from uh, Josh and I at Digest and Invest Annie Toro. Uh, I'm Sam North, the, the trading school lead here, and I'm joined by the main man, Josh Gilbert, based out in Sydney, Australia. Josh, how are you? Good to have you with us today. Thank you, Sam. Yeah, good to be here. Happy new year to you and happy new year to all of our listeners. It's it's good to be back after a well-earned break, I think. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of, of our listeners, if you're watching on, on YouTube, I suppose you'd be more viewers there. But um, if you could like, share, subscribe, all of that jazz, we're pointing somewhere on the on the YouTube page right now to, to subscribe, wherever that might be. But that'd be great if you could do so. Um, but yeah, some nice time off. How was, how was yours? Did you keep one eye on the market or, or did you go uh, sort of full cold turkey? Yeah, I was pretty much full cold turkey. I'm not gonna lie. Um, just a quick check every now and again, but I like to, you know, when it's a break, it's a break, you know. But it's it's hard to you know properly switch off. Um, but I'm back, refreshed for the new year. Uh, it's been an interesting start to the markets already to 2022. So we've had a nice couple of days. But uh, yeah, pretty much full turkey. How about you? Yeah, pretty much the same. Pretty much the same. Just keeping an eye on on, on Twitter most days just to see what's going on. And it was a case if I saw a lot of tweets about something then i thought okay let me look into that but if not yeah it's mince pies and it's uh well turkey literally um for, for me over the christmas period um for our aussie listeners that are, of course do uh do tune in each week and i suppose cricket lovers albeit there's not going to be many in the uk uh, and england at, at the moment let's briefly talk about the ashes because i think you're you're off this week from from memory so number one, are you looking forward to it? Because the answer could easily be no. Uh, and number two, uh, if England were a cricket team, um, or well, they are a cricket team, if they were a sort of a stock or an asset or whatever, uh, what would they be and why? Yeah, good question. Um, look, it's been a very painful Christmas period for me watching the cricket. Um, I mean, look, the Aussies have been fantastic. Uh, gonna have to give them their credit, um, yeah. which does pay me to say. But England have been have been pretty poor. Um, but yeah, uh, a lot of Aussies around me over Christmas time, so it's been quite difficult. But um, yeah, I'm off for a couple of days, uh, Friday and Saturday. Um, nice. So should should the rain hold off? We we had a a, a pretty good um, pretty good session today. So hopefully uh, ho- hopefully that can be continue and and the the rain can hold off. But in terms of assets or, or stocks, um, well, they've underperformed, haven't they? So um, maybe this one at the top of my mind, maybe Alibaba. It's not done mm. well this year at all, is it? Um, following into the trend, but maybe what about something like gold? You know, gold's always. I feel like gold always have like has like quite a high expectation, yeah. um, but then it just sort of does really you know underperform. Uh, and I feel like that is the England cricket team. A lot of expectations, and they don't ever really tend to to live up. Can't remember the last time we won an Ashes series. So, yeah, it's not a bad shout. Gold, I think, fits England perfectly. High expectations, but most of the time, it's sort of failing to deliver. And certainly of late, um, to to tackle our our three points uh, this week, I guess. And, and you mentioned the markets have had a sort of a lively start with quite a few things going on. So we can talk about. 
which will be on uh, sort of the minds of, of many people. Apple hitting the three trillion market cap and being the first ever to, to do so. We can talk about Tesla, which had a, an unbelievable start to the year on, on the Monday. Uh, obviously, we were just talking before how you had a bank holiday. We had a bank holiday. The US didn't, unfortunately, but uh, didn't stop Tesla um, performing very well. And then I suppose we can have a little crypto wrap to, to finish off. And uh, once we've gone through all that, we can go over the, the highlights for, for the rest of January. Yeah, sounds good to me. Sounds um, sounds like we've got a fair bit to cover as usual. Awesome. So Apple made it finally uh, to the, the three trillion dollar mark. Talk to me. Well, it only needed one trading day, didn't it, in 2022 for Apple to to really to, to, to set itself up for, for the year. Um, it did only briefly touch the three trillion market cap, but that's enough. It's enough to tip it over. Uh, Monday took about a two and a half percent gain to, to get there. First company ever in history to reach that sort of valuation. Um, and ultimately, it, it's a pretty much a watershed moment, right, um, for Apple. They continue to prove their dominance um, within, you know, the tech industry. And, and this growth story that they have uh, continues to, to sort of play out. And ultimately, as we know, they've been they've been led by the iPhone. Um, you know, demand continues to stay really, really high and ultimately is, is outweighing supply. We've seen that over sort of the December and Christmas periods. Um, but even with supply chain issues, um, even with, um, you know, logistical issues globally, that even hampered, you know, sort of growth last year and they're still at this sort of point now. Um, so I think that's really, um, really important to, to remember. Uh, we do like a stat on this podcast, Sam. Um, Another stat. We, we very, we do we very much do so i've got one for you so again it's about a year ago so we can probably imagine the growth since then but in january 2021 apple said that nearly 1.6 billion people across the globe connect to the internet through an apple product um so that's either the iphone ipad or imac so that's some pretty big numbers um yeah so it just shows that you know the global growth that they have um, the global reach that they have and then on top of that you know we're just talking about a few products there right they've got services they've got you know the airpods um you know all the different elements of the business that we're not even talking about right that's then gone on to obviously help build steady revenues cash flow and ultimately it ties us all in um and then that creates a strong sort of long-term outlook um you know i think they've recently changed the charges right didn't they so it's no longer a, a normal usb cable so you oh, have yeah. to plug it in yeah. they, they're just always those little things but ultimately if i think if any other company does that you know you're like why are you doing that like there's that frustration but no one ever really seems to complain and you know you you, you get to a point where you know actually a friend of mine has, has been on android for a long time and recently changed to Apple and he was, you know, always a big, you know, I, I love Android, it's so much better. And then as soon as he moved, you know, that was it. You know, wow, how do you leave when you're at this point? Well, that's it, right? You don't, you, you still stay ingrained with the cloud, etc. And I've said it, you know, a number of times on the podcast before, but it just doesn't seem they can't do much wrong. Yeah. Um, they navigated a pandemic, they navigated supply chains pretty well so far. Again, we could still see more of that come through, but you know they've they've done that really really well they've so far navigated uh, some of these regulatory threats that have sort of come through you know they brought through it brought in some privacy changes which has affected some of the um social media stocks at the back end of last year as well to obviously help with those sort of regulatory concerns and i just think they'll continue to go um you've then got to take into account the moves um you know that they're making into you know metaverse which is obviously the next conversation they're definitely going to be a part of that 
electric cars, AI, etc. And I think, you know, just coming back to that same point, like when you think about the iPhone, when we talked about, you know, being an all-rounded product, you know, is there anything, is there anything you can't do? Right? It's the only thing that you really need when you leave the house. So it can open your car door with a Tesla, right? It can open your front door these days with, you know, hotel rooms or whatever. Um, you know, when I flew the other day, you obviously have your, um, uh, your boarding pass on there soon. It will probably have passports available now, I reckon. Um, you can have in Australia, we don't have it in the UK, but in Australia, you can have like digital ID. So you don't actually have to take out a physical card, pay for goods, vaccinations. It just does everything, right? Um, and I think that's what's, you know, why why they're so successful is they, they make you build your life around the product and, and, and you don't leave. Yeah, no, I think you're, you're, you're spot on. I mean, I've had an iPhone for... Oh over 10 years and had no intention no intention of, of of coming off it it's it's a very sticky product and yeah new all-time high like you said to, to sort of begin the year pre-trillion market cap briefly um yeah all looking good for any apple investors and long may that continue next up another market which well i'm going to say has has performed well over the last few weeks obviously it reached dizzy heights sort of october november last year it came back to sort of that eight nine eight level um, and a great Christmas present for anyone that got long there. It's, uh, yeah, absolutely skyrocketed from there. So up sort of 13% just on Monday alone. So what are your, your sort of thoughts on, on all of that? Well, they've delivered again, haven't they? Um, you know, whenever we, you know, they we sort of, they had a really big rally towards the last three months of the year. A lot of questions over the valuation once again, as you said, sort of reaching dizzy heights. But, you know, these numbers were huge in terms of the deliveries that they had. So the reason we had that big gain on, on the Monday session, they beat expectations on its Q4 delivery numbers. So they announced 309,000 deliveries, which was against the streets, 266,000. Um, and actually the top bull case from Wall Street was around 275K. You know, so they've, they've blown out of the park, basically. They've, they've come through big time. And I think if you take a step back and then look at this, and look at that number compared, you know, with the, the whole automotive industry, you know, major chip shortage that's obviously, as you say, played the, the space. You've got those logistical issues that we've mentioned. And those numbers are, are outstanding and, and clearly shows the, the demand uh, for EV, but more specifically Tesla. And I think another thing to mention is not, you know, massively relevant, but I went car shopping with my uncle uh, over Christmas, you wanted to buy a new vehicle, but you turn up to a showroom and very limited cars there, right? You know, mm -hmm. gone are the days where you see, you know, tons of cars, you know, on the on the showroom floor because Ford stopped production last year because of chip shortages and, mm -hmm. and COVID. You know, so to then pump out these numbers, they've got a backlog of orders again. All of the all of the automotive companies have. So for Tesla to deliver this number, yeah, um, you know, it is it is really 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 strong. And again, the, that outlook um, then for them, and what does it mean moving forward? And we had Dan Ives on the podcast, who's a, obviously a, um, a very bullish uh, analyst on uh, on Tesla. You know, but you know his, his thoughts stay the same, and he was calling this you know early last year that they were going to continue um to, to sort of grow and this ev demand is only just really sort of picking up right it's, it's not um it, it's not slowing down ultimately well look there's a lot of competitors out there in the ev space right now but tesla dominating the market um and then that's obviously evident now with that quarter that's just obviously been um and china was again a really strong point you know they, they stepped up big time there they faced some pretty big headwinds in 2021 with china but they've also just now um 
basically expanded their production lines in their new Shanghai factory. So that's allowed them to, you know, export a lot more uh, vehicles from China because it's actually cheaper for them to make vehicles there than it is in the US. So that's obviously, you know, a big factor. And I think, uh, you know, going back away from Tesla slightly, but to talk about sort of the EV industry, and I think you know, what we're seeing is, is this demand in the EV industry as a whole. Um, you know, I mentioned Ford earlier, but they were actually up last night in last night's session. So Tuesday's US session, they're up 11%. They announced plans to double its production for the Ford 150, which is like the, the truck. And we've seen a lot of demand, obviously, from Tesla consumers or, or, or investors for the Cybertruck to come through. Um, but they're stepping up production. They're doubling production on the F-150 just due to consumer demand. They've already received 200,000 orders and they've not even started producing it yet, I don't think. Or it's not, they've not delivered one, I should probably say. Um, and that was just sort of, you know, that was an invitation. They've got more phases expected to be rolled out. Um, you know, Ford has really aggressively moved into the space. Um, they're wanting to spend about 30 billion by 2025. So, you know, really aggressively moving into it. But I think this is going to be good competition in the EV space. I think we're really going to see this heat up this year. Again, we've spoken about EV for a long time. You've got NIO and other Chinese EV manufacturers sort of coming through. I think that puts a bright spot on them, particularly with Tesla's sales numbers in China. Um, you know, NIO has, has done really well since the last sort of trading day in December. It's up about 11% as well. So, you know, a big theme, I think, to watch in, in 2022. I think it started well. Um, and I think it's going to be, you know, a, a big year for EV and sort of everything that goes with it. You know, your batteries, your lithium and all of that, etc. I think that's going to be one to watch in, in 2022. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's something we've talked about for, for a while, especially with sort of thematic investing, which has had that boom. Um, and uh, yeah, people can obviously check out all those smart portfolios on on eToro uh, and, and driverless doing doing uh, doing well as of late. Um, just quickly and, and more for sort of l- newer listeners to, to the market and, and the podcast. So you mentioned there about <clears throat> the three hundred nine thousand deliveries versus uh, the Street two six six, and the ball case was two seven five, and that's why we had that big reaction because it was out of those expectations. And we got on Friday non-farm payroll so for anyone that is looking to trade that whether that be on the live or the demo account it's all about that range regardless of the number that comes in if it's inside that range the move's going to be limited so again great example there with tesla that's why we had that big move it's outside of what people are expecting and that's what moves markets um any any thoughts on on crypto then at the moment i i have to say like we were talking about earlier i was quite cold turkey over the christmas period and, and wasn't really keeping like a, a a massive look on charts but i did keep an eye on twitter and and it was kind of quiet which for crypto anyway in terms of tweets that were coming through which which tells me two things one there wasn't like a massive rally high because there would have been a load of tweets about that people you know to the moon and all of that kind of stuff but also there wasn't a, a big fall either because people would have been panicking and uh, and making a load of memes and i didn't see too many of anything uh, any of those so what's your thoughts on it uh, at the moment yeah if something happens in the crypto market these days it's trending on twitter isn't it so you would, would know would, straight away right you'd know yeah um but you're right you know the market's consolidated a fair bit right now um bitcoin and, and most other assets in terms of crypto struggled you know pretty hard in in december um obviously bitcoin just looking now is sort of trading below that infamous sort of 50k level it's around about sort of forty six and a half thousand. Um, you know, and, and altcoins have, as I say, struggled as, as well. 
but I think the big theme that I've really noticed um, over sort of that December period coming into now this obviously new year uh, has been NFTs. Um, it's it's been a huge theme I think for for me in terms of like you say being outside of that market going cold turkey, but even just keeping one close eye on it. Um, that's been the real standout. Um, so OpenSea, which is the biggest NFT marketplace for, for those that don't know, they're doing around 200 million USD in transaction volume per day, um, obviously all in Ethereum. Um, and that's just Ethereum. They also do have like Polygon, Matic. They, they do a few, um, a little bit in, in transaction volume in as well. Um, and they've just actually been valued at around about 13 billion in a recent valuation. So this, this industry is really gaining momentum. Um, you know, we spoke about it a little bit on the on the podcast before, you know, but we've got the Board 8 Yacht Club um, that's really leading the charge. Many high profile names buying into the project. Um, our CEO, Mr. Yoni Asi, I think he's yeah. on board with, with the Board Apes. So, um, but um, on top of this, you know, we, we've also seen the increase in, in Metaverse NFT purchases skyrocketing as well. I think what's important is this, you know, why is this important? Well, it relates back to Ethereum, right? You know, so we're seeing this huge increase of transactions going through the ethereum blockchain um and it, you know it's once you see that sort of transaction going through and more people using the network well that's you know a use case and that's when we're going to see supply and demand for ethereum and, and that's when we're going to see that price move and ultimately looking at the top 10 you know just in the last sort of 24 hours it's the the strongest performer and, and i can sort of see why um but going back you know like i say that that trend seen a big increase in that sort of metaverse side of nft purchases etoro has recently just offered um start just add added sorry um sand which is actually the native token of uh, the sandbox which is ultimately a virtual metaverse world that combines blockchain technology uh with gaming so we've seen that quite a lot recently decentraland um there's been a lot of um you know metaverse you know tokens sort of really coming through so basically how it works players can earn sand through games and contests and buy and sell virtual goods uh with the token in the sandbox marketplace but ultimately you can also go on to OpenSea and you can buy real estate um or virtual real estate within within the sandbox uh game and, and actually one of the cheapest uh there's about a hundred thousand items on there i think from la when i last looked earlier today and the cheapest item on there is about twelve and a half thousand dollars um, out of a hundred thousand items so the sector is really heating up right now um again we're talking about virtual land and again maybe in in 10 years time we'll pinch ourselves for not doing it you know like when our grandparents were buying real estate for ten thousand pounds at the time you know maybe this is the next one but it, it's really really uh gaining a lot of traction at the moment within the sort of the crypto industry and uh like i say over christmas it's i've certainly seen a lot more um talk within the space and a lot more hype around you know nfts um rather than crypto yeah watch this virtual space i would say um speaking of, of virtual i tried i got my brother or we my family got my brother the the oculus quest 2 and i had a, a go on that over christmas and insane i'm all for it it's actually incredible and obviously it's so early on that it's only going to get better and better and better but i immediately thought hang on i i could literally be at the ashes today i could then go to stamford bridge or tottenham for the game tonight and then go over to watch an nba game then an nfl game and i'd be all for that sitting in the stadium tuning in with your mates it'd be just incredible absolutely sign me up did for you that. did you watch anything through the um did, were you able to watch anything through the the, the actual headset well i mean you, you obviously 
I didn't watch any sport or anything, but no, I no, no, yeah. games and went down the shooting range and it was incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. I'd recommend anyone getting one. Did you I, walk I, the plank? I didn't walk the plank. Do you know what? I, oh, I, right. I had a, a fight against some zombies and it was a bit too much and I had to take it off. It was uh, they were all coming at me and I couldn't load my gun quick enough. And yeah, it was a uh, fake gun. Just, just put that out there. Not a real one, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah um but yeah interesting area and i'm sure it's gonna be a very popular sort of subject that we'll talk about uh over the the coming weeks speaking of the coming weeks uh thought it'd be worth just having a quick look at what else we've got coming out in january so opec met yesterday we've got the fed minutes also this week and then non-farm perils on on friday those fed minutes from the last december meeting could be uh, interesting enough to, to keep a, a watch on that. Next week, we've got Chinese and US CPI numbers uh, from December and also retail sales out of the US on Friday. So an interesting sort of data docket to really kick off the first couple of weeks. Uh, the week after that, you've got UK, European, yeah. sort of Eurozone CPI um, that follows uh, as well. The Bank of Japan policy announcement is that week two. Friday, the 21st of that week, we've got UK retail retail sales, which after the sort of December period will always be interesting to see uh, sort of demand there. So that comes out on the 21st. And then the, the sort of the final full week uh, of January, we've got PMIs uh, in the Eurozone, UK, US. And then on the Wednesday, we've got the FOMC and Bank of Canada policy announcement decisions before the US report their GDP advance quarter four reading and PCE numbers. To wrap up January, we've got the Chinese New Year. And what animal is it? It is the tiger, year of the tiger, uh, 2022. But it's always an interesting time. Um, I guess maybe as we approach Chinese New Year, we can uh, talk over some stats, the effect that it has on the market, which assets tend to do better, do worse, how it affects volume uh, in the markets as well. So we can talk about that in the coming weeks, but just something to, to mark up from uh, your calendar there. But uh, of that, or if there is anything else, Josh, what are you, what are you looking forward to most in, in, in January? Year of the Tiger. I reckon that's quite bullish. Yeah, it sounds it, doesn't it? Yeah, it's quite a strong year, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but then to be fair, having said that, a bear is also quite scary as well. So. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, a fair bit of uh, data there for um, investors to digest in January. Um, I think the policy announcements from the FOMC, I think that'll be obviously a big one. Lots of talk around, obviously, interest rates, how the Treasury yields move higher uh, to start this year, which has obviously um, moved bank stocks higher and energy stocks higher. The XLF has done really well in the last sort of few days as well to start the year. GDP numbers, it's going to be obviously important from, from obviously the US to see how sort of you know growth is looking there uh, i also think you know just in general non-farms are going to be really important as well this week as well because we had a, a bit of a strange number um we missed expectations a big again i think if i remember rightly at the back end of last year the last one of last year so again another important number because obviously you know we're, we're struggling with labor pretty much everywhere in the world you know here in australia we're really struggling with labor everywhere you go at the moment uh there's signs outside shops saying need staff wanted you know pretty much everywhere um you know and you, you go into restaurants and you're having to wait you know a long long time for food and again it's not a problem but it just shows from you know uh you know uh, an economic perspective that you know it, we are struggling still to, to to sort of get staff um 
and then of course obviously that cpi number as well um from from obviously the us and the the uk etc um and the eurozone that will be interesting because we need to again keep an eye on inflation and, and see how that's moving as well and that's obviously then gonna um then we'll obviously look towards the fomc and the rate decisions and um and, and then where, where we go from there so yeah a lot to to really um consider in, in january and we're hitting the ground running that's for sure yeah we really are it's gonna be an interesting january interesting start to year uh for for all assets really i was just even looking at uh something that maybe doesn't gather people's attention as much these days uh in fx and just talking about the dollar i mean i i really have to say i don't know right now where it would finish the back end of the year higher or lower than where it's where it's trading if we're pricing in free rate hikes you know the market expects that so any sort of slowdown from an inflation point of view you know how's that going to affect markets do we pay catch up everywhere else which in turn weakens the dollar it's going to be fascinating it's going to really years for for all asset classes and of course we'll bring you uh, up to speed with all of that and if you've managed to listen all the way through first one uh, of 2022 thank you very much and if it's your first podcast as well thank you uh, there's a few people on the webinars yesterday which it was their first experience with eToro and hopefully you guys all enjoyed that you can find out loads more on the eToro Academy just type it in eToro Academy onto your, your search engine uh, where you can watch webinars, guides, podcasts, uh, all that everything uh, is available there. We will be back next week. Of course we will. Josh, thank you very much for joining. Thank you, Sam. Thank you to our listeners. Enjoy your week and yeah, we'll be back soon. Awesome. Take care, guys. And Josh, try to enjoy the ashes, eh? Yeah, I'll try to. Thanks, Sam. Take care, guys. You've been listening to Digest and Invest from eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.